amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back to the Press Box. Now back to Frank Cusimano and Bob Ramsey on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. I need life. And welcome back. Hollywood Casino Press Box, all new 590 The Fan. Frank Cusimano and Bob Ramsey with you till 12 o'clock. We apologize about Jim Hart. I'm sure we'll get him on in the next day or two. But right now, we're delighted to have uh, on our airwaves, on the Hollywood Casino Press Box, the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum, the one and only Bob Kendrick. Bob is going to be in town on Tomorrow, actually, he'll be at Westminster Christian Academy at 7 o'clock. He'll be doing a presentation and a talk. Uh, Bob, welcome to the program. How are you today? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks so much for having me. It is Super Bowl parade day in Kansas City. (laughs) Beautiful day. Couldn't think of a better day for a parade. So things are buzzing, as you can well imagine, here in Kansas City. Yeah, do you have uh, any Chiefs connections that uh, some Kansas City football players come by and visit? What is your affiliation with the Chiefs at all? Yeah, no, we've always had a long-standing partnership with the Kansas City Chiefs, and, you know, any number of the athletes, particularly, I've been very fortunate to help indoctrinate the rookies when they come into Kansas City to join the Chiefs and they start to learn the city and the museum is one of the things that they are introduced to. And I've had the opportunity to take so many of those young athletes through the Negro League Baseball Museum. And for me, guys, it doesn't matter what sports discipline you play. If you are African-American or Hispanic descent, all roads lead back to the Negro Leagues. But it doesn't matter what color you are to appreciate the love of the game. And, and that's what they all have in common, a love of the game. And as I share with them, you will never see a greater love of, example of love of the game than you do when you walk through the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. And so, no, to have the Chiefs win another Super Bowl and the relationship that we have with the organization is, is very exciting. Hi, Bob. It's Bob Ramsey. Glad to talk to you again. Um, museums, great museums like yours, are always evolving. I haven't been in a few years. Tell us about the things that, you, that you're doing at the Negro Leagues Museum to, um, well, like I say, to continue to evolve, um, to uh, have that history available to people. Well, you're absolutely right. I think that's the biggest thing about museums in general, but particularly history museums and cultural institutions like the Negro League Baseball Museum is how do you establish relevance? 
legacy. How do I connect the dots for an ever-changing generation of young people? And to be honest, guys, one of the biggest things that this museum has ever done, believe it or not, was the inclusion of the Negro Leagues in the video game MLB The Show. Hmm. And last year was the first iteration of the game. We introduced eight players. And then just on yesterday, February 13th, which coincidentally marked the 104th anniversary of the birth of the Negro Leagues, formed right here in Kansas City on February 13, 1920. We introduced the first four players who will be included in this year's version of MLB The Show. They include the legendary Josh Gibson, his Homestead Grays teammate Buck Leonard, Henry Aaron, but Henry Aaron as a member of the Indianapolis Clown of the Negro Leagues, and for the first time ever in MLB The Show history, a woman baseball player is included, the legendary Tony Stone, mm-hmm. one of three women to play in the Negro Leagues. And needless to say, this video game has been a game changer for the museum. We're talking millions upon millions of young folks and young adults who are not only learning about the Negro Leagues, but they're falling in love with the Negro Leagues. And it's all through this gaming platform. So we're constantly challenging ourselves. And as a result, we saw so many folks, because they saw the museum in a video game, they wanted to come and experience the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. In this year of um, presidential elections, we always hear the phrase approval rating. And I bring this up because... I don't know of anybody who's ever walked in your museum that doesn't love it. Like your approval rating is a hundred. It's like a, it's like a great movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And I consider you like a manager. Like let's say you're Tony Larusa, and for Larusa to win a lot of games, you need a superstar. He had Pujols, and you had Buck O'Neill. I oh mean, man! How about his impact on what it's meant to your success and that museum success? And it's still being felt. Yeah, And, and the, you know, the thing about it is Buck passed away in 2006, mm-hmm. almost 18 years ago, and his impact is still being felt. And it's a personal responsibility of mine to make sure people never forget Buck O'Neill. But Buck O'Neill did for not just the Negro Leagues, but for this game of baseball is something that should be touted and celebrated. And he, if he was here, he'd tell you the greatest accomplishment was the building of the League Baseball Museum. And when I first met Buck, way back in 1993, for the very first time, one of the first questions that I posed to him was, what motivated you to want to build a Negro League Baseball Museum? And fellas, his answer was succinct, but very poignant, so that we would be remembered. He did not want them to be forgotten, mm-hmm. but not only what they gave to the game of baseball, but what they gave to this country. And, and that spirit still resides there at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, or as I like to affectionately call it, the house that Buck built. You know, in New <laughs> York, they had the house that Ruth built. In Kansas City, the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum is the house that Buck built. And I say that with no disrespect to anyone who had a hand in helping shape the growth of this institution. It does not happen without Buck O'Neill. And for him to finally get into the National Baseball Hall of Fame, in 2022, some 16 years after he missed by one vote, mm. has actually kept that spirit uh, alive. Uh-huh. And, and people are still rallying around that spirit. They still support his museum because they, too, don't want to, for Buck to die. 
And, and I think as long as we remember him, he will forever live. Bob, the, uh, this is a little bit off topic, but when we talk about the success of the museum, people coming to see it, uh, it just popped into my head today when I saw some artist renderings of mm-hmm. the new Royal Stadium, which I helped me out with my Kansas City geography. It won't be yes. too far from where the museum is. Am I right about that? Man, it's almost a stone's throw okay. from the museum. And that'll be great for you. Up. You gotta have a little bit better arm than me, but it is. <laughs> and that'll be great for you. So, so to yeah. to where the museum. As a matter of fact, you may be aware that we announced plans to build a brand new Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, oh. a thirty plus thousand square foot standalone Negro Leagues Baseball Museum that's going to be built right around the corner from where we now operate. Mm built adjacent to the former Paseo YMCA, where the Negro Leagues were established 104 years ago. And we're renovating that historic landmark. That is going to become the Education and Research Center. The new museum will be built adjacent to the historic landmark, creating what I call the nation's first Negro Leagues campus as the gateway into historic Eighteenth and Vine, the new ballpark, would literally be maybe eight, nine blocks away from where we're talking about uh, the new museum being located. And it is going to create, I think, a pipeline of traffic back and forth. But, you know, certainly I think we will reap the benefit of the location of that new ballpark, assuming that voters will approve it. And I, and I think we'll all be working diligently when this thing goes to ballot in April uh, in hopes to convince voters that this is the right next step for the continued growth here in Kansas City. We're talking with Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. He'll be at Westminster High School tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Aaron Layton from Westminster doing a great job to, to get a name like Bob to come in. And speaking of names, give us an idea of some of the famous people who've come to that museum for a tour that maybe you've taken around and maybe you said to yourself, boy, I can't believe I'm talking to, I can't believe I just shook hands with. Uh, I, I tell you what, fellas, I, I have been so tremendously blessed to take some people that I, not even in my wildest imagination, thought I would have ever met. I had the opportunity to walk former President George W. Bush through that museum alongside Buck O'Neill. I walked the late, great General Colin Powell mm, wow. through the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. And so there's an amazing story. There's a wonderful photograph inside the museum where it is of the great trumpeter Louis Armstrong, who had his own semi-pro black baseball team called the Armstrong Secret Nine. And they were based out of New Orleans, as they would say. <laughs> and now you got to remember, this is the general. He has a statue very distinguished, almost an air of regalness until we got to that photograph. And fellas, he looked at that photograph and he looked at Buck and I and he said, you know what, Bob? My daddy played for Louis Armstrong's semi-protein. It it gave me the chills then. It gives me the chills every time I tell that story. And we had the opportunity to walk First Lady's Laura Bush, uh, the incredible Michelle Obama. But by, I mean, it's not even close. My favorite tour of all time was walking my childhood idol and my all-time favorite Major League Baseball player, Henry Aaron, through the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. 
And, and fellas, it's the first and only time I've ever been starstruck because every day on the playground growing up in Crawfordville, Georgia, I wanted to be Henry Aaron. And there I am right in front of my childhood idol. And I get to walk him through that museum. And there's a wonderful photograph. You can find it online of him standing at the train station in Mobile, Alabama. The year is 1952. He was a skinny, cross-handed hitting shortstop at that time, going to go join the Indianapolis Clowns. And we get to that photograph. He had seen it before, but it had been a long time. And there's a small duffel bag right by his foot. And he looks at me and says, Bob, I may have had two changes of clothes in that bag, a dollar fifty cents in my pocket, and a ham sandwich that my mama had made me, going to go chase that dream. It worked out pretty well for the hammer. Yeah, nah, <laughs> he chased so. it and caught it, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that from for this kid from Crawfordville, Georgia, to walk Hammer through that museum. And so that's just several examples of some of the amazing people who, when they come to Kansas City, they make sure they visit the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. It's also an example of you as a storyteller. Talk about the podcast. I've heard a number of episodes. It's very it's a very enjoyable listen and obviously informative. Tell me a little bit about the podcast. Yeah, it, the podcast is called Black Diamonds. I do it with my friends over at Sirius XM Radio, but you can get Black Diamonds anywhere that you download podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and we call it Untold Black Diamonds, Untold Stories of the Negro Leagues. And it's so it's been interesting that a new generation of baseball fans who love podcasts are falling in love with the Negro Leagues mm-hmm. through these stories. And it's almost similar to what we saw with Buck O'Neill when he became kind of the star of the Ken Burns documentary way back in the 1980s. And here was Buck telling these stories to baseball fans that they'd never heard before. Uh-huh, but you had to pay attention. And Buck would go on to tell you that, man, he said, man, I've been telling these stories for 40 years and nobody ever listened. Ken Burns gave him a platform and people listened. And now Sirius XM Radio has done the exact same thing for me. They've given me this platform to share these stories, and as a result, people are growing more and more attracted to the Negro Leagues, and we've seen the level of individual support around this museum grow three, fourfold since we introduced this podcast. You know, this year will be our fourth season of Black Diamonds, and so we're really excited. I can't thank my friends over at Sirius XM Radio enough for providing what is essentially a national, international platform to share this history. A little off topic, but I'm wondering, you know, a while back, not that long ago, there was a dramatic, you know, not dramatic, but there's really a, a trending shortage of African-Americans in Major League Baseball. Do you think it's trending in a different direction now? Where do you see that? Slowly but surely. I think we're starting to see that pendulum shift the other direction. And a lot of that is due to the programs that Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball's Players Association are implementing. I think once we understood collectively that we had a problem as it related to American-born blacks playing this game and started to identify the source of those problems, then the energy is now being channeled toward a solution. And and, and baseball has implemented a number of programs that, number one, is bridging the economic gap that has kept a lot of kids in the urban core from playing our game. As you both know, our game used to be a blue-collar sport. It is now 
essentially a country club sport because it's played organized and it's so doggone expensive. It's a pay-to-play kind of game because it's not played on the sandlot anymore. And, and so we had to bridge that economic gap. And baseball has done a wonderful job of that. I'm excited because they've also further embraced the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, understanding that the history also plays an important part in inspiring our children to want to play game, play the game. You see yourself when you walk through the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, and you see those who look just like you who played this game as well as anyone ever played the game. But not only did they play the game, they owned teams. And they were managers and coaches and traveling secretaries and team physicians. They fulfilled every role that could be filled in the game of baseball, which is why we're so excited that there is an Urban Youth Baseball Academy right behind the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. So it is essentially attached to it. So now you have kids not only dreaming about playing the game, but all the other opportunities that are associated with the game. And, of course, we have to stay the course. You know, the one thing that we are as a society, or I should say what we are not as a society, is patient. <laughs> and we're going to have to be patient. But it is go- it's going to pay dividends. It's already starting to pay dividends. Great stuff. Bob, we appreciate your time. Enjoy St. Louis and Westminster tomorrow night. Thank you so much, sir. Hey, guys, I'm looking forward to it. If, uh, if you're in the area, stop by. We're going to be telling some stories. Some of them will be true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. All righty. Bob Kendrick. Okay, we'll take a short time out. We come back. We'll do a little uh, five for Bob and Frank. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.